The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not be lost, but may have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but so that through him the world might be saved. No one who believes in him will be condemned, but whoever refuses to believe is condemned already, because he has refused to believe in the name of God's only Son. On these grounds, the sentence pronounced that though the God has come into the world, men have shown neither the darkness to the light because their deeds were evil. And indeed, everybody who does wrong hates the light and avoids it, for fear his action should be exposed. But the man who lives by truth comes out into the light, so that it may, it may be plainly seen that what, is, what he does is done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Go and tell the people about the new life. I love that commission. The new life that we've tasted and received in Jesus. I spoke all about evangelization and the hurdles on Sunday, but in a way this is going to be our recurring theme of how do we broadcast the Gospel? The joy of the gospel, as Pope Francis beautifully puts it, because the world can see it in us, and it's an attractive witness. They're attracted to the beauty of this new life, and they see it in us. They have to see it. So what is it that stops us or, or seems to frustrate the process? It could be a whole lot of good things that do. You know, haste is not always the best mode of operation. Maybe I should tell myself that more often. But maybe it's prudence. You know, we're waiting for the right time, or the right words, or, or the right disposition that seems to be in the hearer. Uh, we have enough intuition to sense those things when someone's going to receive a message and when they're not going to receive it, when it's actually not going to be helpful. Or maybe it's a lack of prayer. We ourselves know we need to take this to the Lord and privately just mull with Him before... Uh, he, in fact, sends us to particular people with particular words. For that matter, our prayer teaches us unequivocally, this is always God's initiative. We're sharing in what God's doing. God's not sharing in what we're doing. Even though he does come humbly and, and tabernacle with us, as we say, he does want to share in our life. But when we're serving him, it's all about God's will and not my own. Maybe lastly, um, it said there the people were... Uh, roused by their jealousy and that's an interesting thing to think about you know we proclaim the gospel and we're met with strange emotions jealousy pride who knows what else is stirring in the human heart that makes it unfertile soil from time to time I think the psalm gives beautiful 
I don't know, almost like beautiful changing of gears for our, for our mission. It says, let's look to the Lord and be radiant. Let's exude this joy from the source of joy itself, who is the Lord. It says, come together and we'll praise him. Because our mission is never a solo project. Think of, um, you know, the animals went two by two into the ark. <laughs> and we go two by two out of this great ark, which is the church. We always go collaboratively. I need helpers on my mission. All of us do. So maybe we need companions to go and broadcast the message in friendship. Um, as we said, God never saves us on our own, but he, he saves us as a people together. Lastly, the psalm there, the psalm there said um, the angels encamp around us. You know, sometimes we forget this is actually a spiritual thing we're doing. It's not just at the human level, but we can call on God's full spiritual support. Each of us has an angel who is accompanying us. This is, this is part of our team, if you like. Lastly, then, I want to finish on that, on that beautiful image of the prisoners and whatever they were being imprisoned by or for. We can apply that to, to what we've seen in the world. But, but the angel comes and brings them out of the prison, but the prison remains locked. That's a strange image to sit with. He doesn't break them out, out with violence. It's, almost, it's the same peace with which Jesus comes into the upper room. Gently comes in, gently retrieves them. Part of our witness is that we've emerged from locked rooms. The, the, the secure chains of addiction, the secure chains of jealousy and pride and whatever else festers in the human heart. God doesn't come and destroy that which, which we see in the world, but he gently liberates us from it. So that we can actually point back to those locked rooms and say, yeah, I was once in there, but now I'm here with you to give you a message of peace and freedom and joy. I've said this before, but, but I think we struggle to differentiate conviction from condemnation. They feel the same, but they're utterly different because they go in different directions. Con condemnation is doom. It's damnation. You belong over there with the lost. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. He came really to convict the world in the best sense. You are to share in a victory, which is mine, the victory of eternal life. Let's look to the Lord and be radiant. Let's show the world the victory that is theirs.